Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast. Core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Jenny Beck-Esme. Jenny, what's going on? Well, it's holiday time here in New York, and I've really been wanting to try the ice skating at Rockefeller Center, but we get all of these fracture dislocations that keep coming in, and it's really terrifying me. Have you ever done it? No, I, <laughs> I have not done it because one, I don't believe that man is supposed to be on ice. I know you're from Minnesota, <laughs> so know, it's like you're born with ice thing. skates, but for the rest <laughs> of us, no, I, I, I do not do it. And it is, you're basically asking for a trimal fracture dislocation. I know, I know. I don't think I have the guts for it. It's not you. It's the tourists. It's the tourists that are like, I'm going to try ice skating. Yeah. And now there's 500 of them on like an eight square foot ice. Right. And the ice gets all choppy and it's just not the best experience, I think. Yeah. And Bryant Park's no better. <laughs> it just seems so romantic in New uh, York. Go up to Central Park. I heard the Central <laughs> Park rink is way nicer, less crowded because it's a little out of the way. Okay. Okay. I'll try that. So, you know, Jenny, you know, talking about our uh, lives outside of the podcast a little bit, it's a couple of weeks now since the teaching course, which was back in mid-November. And I don't know, I had a fantastic time catching up with all the faculty, meeting all of the attendees. Um, how about you? So you got to go. And what do you think? Were you inspired about education or are you still inspired? Oh, absolutely. Still inspired. I definitely would recommend this for anybody who is interested in getting more involved or learning more about medical education and, and meeting all these awesome people. I actually put a blog post up on the Coriam website. So if you're interested, check out more there. Yeah, and I don't want to put in too much of a plug, but we'll have a couple of courses uh, next year. We're going to be in Australia. We're going to be in South Africa. And I think that our big course next November is going to be out in California, maybe in the San Fran area, but we're not quite sure yet. So you'll have to sort of keep your eyes and ears open for that. I think one of the great things of it is that even though I'm a faculty member, I learn a ton from everybody else that's there. And we did a bit of a podcast workshop, and I picked up lots of great tips on how to podcast better. So we're going to try and incorporate that into the Core EM podcast and give you guys, our listeners, a little bit of a better product. So now that we've talked about ice skating and we've talked about the teaching <laughs> course, why don't we go ahead and drop in on some actual meat here. Jenny, what's our topic for discussion today? So we had a journal club discussing the Mr. Clean trial, so we thought we'd discuss that trial, but also a little bit about endovascular therapy for stroke. So this is a little bit outside of our core content model, but we figured that you're going to want to know about this. Most of you are working in academic centers. If you're listening to this, a lot of you guys are probably working in stroke centers. And even if you're not, you might be transferring to those places in order to get this therapy. So you probably heard about these devices. Let's talk a little bit about this particular trial. So I know our stroke team is all hot and bothered by these studies. They're really excited about the potential for these devices to improve patient outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. We see it all the time. Uh, it's amazing how many of these patients are going for endovascular therapy, and we'll talk about whether that's really mm -hmm. indicated or not. But before we do that, Jenny, why don't you give us a little bit of background on why we have these devices, the idea behind them, and why we have to talk about it? So let's take a bit of a step back and talk about standard care for ischemic CVA, which from a medication standpoint is Alteplase or TPA. This drug, which was approved back in the mid to late 1990s, is limited in administration by time. So patients who present anywhere after three to four and a half hours, depending on the institution, are not eligible for the drug. And Jenny, as you well know, I'm a bit of a TPA skeptic, but instead of railing on and on about it here, I'm going to refer our listeners to the MCRIT podcast number 116, where I had the chance to debate the topic with Andy Jagoda from Mount Sinai. Oh, you have no idea how happy I am to hear we are not going to discuss <laughs> that again. 
<laughs> so given the limitations of TPA, neurologists, neurosurgeons, and interventionalists have for years been working on an alternative approach. The recent iterations of this are the endovascular therapies, which where, are where you place a catheter in the arterial side and attempt to remove the clot directly from the vessel. So there's a lot of variation in these studies, the devices, the procedures, but up until about 12 months ago, none of these studies had really shown any benefit. Then along came Mr. Clean in December 2014, and this was really the first study that showed any benefit at all. So this was a multi-center, randomized, non-blinded trial of patients with ischemic stroke presenting to one of 16 medical centers in the Netherlands. Over four years, they enrolled and randomized a total of 500 patients. The primary outcome was the modified rank and scale of two or less, indicating either limited or no disability at 90 days. And they found a statistically significant benefit to endovascular treatment. 32.6% of patients had a good outcome in the endovascular group versus 19.1% in the standard treatment group, giving an odds ratio of 1.67. Of note, all the patients had large vessel strokes as determined by advanced imaging like CTA, MRA, etc. So bottom line here is that the investigators identified a super sick group of stroke patients. The median NIHSS score was 17, determined that they had a large vessel stroke, and then randomized them. They found a statistically significant improvement at 90 days. So this all sounds great, and there were a bunch of other studies that came out after Mr. Clean which showed basically the same benefit. Those were Escape, Extend IA, Swift Prime, and the Revascat study. Jenny, I don't know if you know this, but one of my favorite things is the people that sit around making up names for all of these uh, these trials. They're absolutely incredible, but they're paying somebody to do that as far as oh, I can tell, right? Of course, of course. So the investigators on all these studies actually stopped their trials early because of the profound benefit found in the Mr. Clean trial. Instead of going into the details of each one of these studies with the fabulous names, we'll link you to some great reviews on the topic, the best of which, in our opinion, is from Rory Spiegel on the EM Nerd blog. So, Swami, all of these studies showed big benefits to endovascular treatment, but knowing you, you're going to give us a huge list of issues. Well, I think I should start off by saying that there really is a potential here to help these patients with this therapy, but it's a really small group that benefits. In the Mr. Clean trial, 16 sites over a little bit over four years enrolled just 500 patients. Now, Jenny, I'm not really good at math, so I sat down <laughs> with a calculator. I worked this math out. This means that on average, a site saw about eight patients a year that were eligible for randomization. So in short, your center may only see a patient a month or maybe even less that fits this criteria. This treatment is gonna cost some serious money. You have to both give them TPA and do the intervention. Now the TPA itself costs a couple thousand bucks. The cost of the intervention, who knows, a couple more thousand bucks, the interventionalist time, the neurologist time, and don't forget all of the systems that have to be in place to make this happen. All that being said, these are patients with devastating strokes who generally have poor outcomes, so it's nice that we may have something else to offer them. Additionally, the intervention can be done longer out from symptom onset. It isn't clear exactly how long as the studies go anywhere from six to 12 hours out. Yeah, now a lot of the data points toward the time from onset not being the major issue anymore, but it's really whether there's a presence of salvageable brain. So with advanced imaging, the investigators aren't just selecting patients with large vessel strokes, but also patients who had a small area of infarct and a large area of salvageable tissue. It's likely that the idea of the time window is going to go away in the future with the decision both for TPA or for endovascular treatment. Instead, we're going to be looking at how much of the tissue is infarcted and how much is still salvageable. It's going to be really interesting to see where this progresses as we move forward. Lastly, Swami, I know you want to talk a little about stopping trials early. That's my setup? That's it. 
All right, so stopping trials early is sort of a big problem. Investigators often do it because why not stop when you're ahead? The issues here are multiple, but the main thing is stopping early tends to overestimate the benefit of a drug or intervention. It means that we as clinicians don't know the true benefit or whether there even is a benefit. Now, I dropped a short paper from JAMA in the show notes that discusses this in more depth. Bottom line, always be wary of the results of studies that are stopped early for benefit. Jenny, want to sum it up for this week? Absolutely. Endovascular therapy is here. The five studies published in the last year speak to this, and stroke centers are already incorporating this into their management. It's going to be critical for ED providers to understand these studies and know which patients this is appropriate for. The danger here is for indication creep. We don't want to apply this modality to all strokes, just the ones that showed benefit, and that's the ones in large vessels in the anterior circulation. Finally, when looking at papers where the study was stopped early, understand the limitations this creates and why we can't always trust those results. Well, that's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net, where we've got a ton of great core content EM. We'll have a core post up on Wednesday and a journal update on Thursday as well. Visit us on Facebook, visit us on Google+, and also on Twitter where our handle is at core underscore EM. Thanks, and see you all next week.